All right. I think before we get into this, I think we should shout out our newest patron. Ooh, yes. Let me just bring up their name. Oh, okay. Brandon signed up at our nemesis level. Um, So thank you, Brandon, for signing up. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe people are still doing this and haven't caught on that we're (laughs) very bad at this. Or siphoning the money into our ice cream parlor scheme. I I mean, now I'm intrigued. (laughs) Well, you got to sign up to find out. So Brandon says, uh, he actually sent me a very kind message, which I haven't, I didn't realize until I actually just opened this up and I'm going to read it right now. (laughs) First, first and foremost, I want to say that I truly enjoy this podcast. I've been listening for about a year now and this is my first D&D podcast. You know what? That still blows my mind that like, that out of all the D&D podcasts and out of all of the good ones that they, that anyone (laughs) like finds ours first is crazy to me. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, don't get me wrong, like, I love our podcast, but there are definitely bigger D&D podcasts. I'll, I'll call it a statistical anomaly. <laughs> yeah, maybe just like, a, like the algorithm glitched or something. Uh, oh, third po- first podcast ever, really? Wow. 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 That's crazy. Like, how do you get Welcome past, like, the, 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 the landing page on Spotify or, or Podbean with all of the various things that they call news, but it's yeah. just people talking about the news and their opinions of it it's not really news it's more like commentary and opinion anyways um maybe maybe they were just like uh all this news i have to find something cool yeah and super awesome and welcome to the pod i wonder what combinations of like keyword searches brought them to us was it just like D nerd and maybe that's what maybe. triggered the algorithm. I'm intri- I would be deeply intrigued to figure yeah. out the word combination that people use to find us first. Yeah. Here's here's my hope. Here's my hope. Is they're just like <laughs> worst really, D&D podcast. No, no, Go. They're, they're really <laughs> really really into like medieval history and they're like, "Oh, knights. Oh, I'm a nerd." Nailed oh, it. Let's check. We know out. the market. And then they're like, knights and nerds? You don't <laughs> This is my core demographic. <laughs> I won't be bullied by all those cool, <laughs> cool Yeah, those cool knights. All those really cool <laughs> medieval <laughs> scholars. First of all, how dare you <laughs> insinuate that there aren't various types of cliques of medieval scholars. Prove me okay? wrong, medieval That's scholars. True. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Yeah, probably, I'm not. There's probably a half sorting league. Yep, half sorting. And I'm not some kind of coat riding bastard who's like jumping on the bandwagon of like a Susanna Lipscomb, for example. That's not what I heard. <sighs> Anyways, okay. So oh. <laughs> Brandon says, I'm not caught up fully in the second season, but the first was dot, dot, dot. There are no words to describe it. The highs and lows of victory and defeat, losing allies and not knowing who to trust. The level of storytelling is virtually unmatched, and I wish that every campaign could be like this. Well, I I don't disagree wow. with you there, Brandon. Wow, it was virtually unmatched. So I think he's such a big fan because he just hasn't heard the the season that I I'm on. <laughs> the the depth and thought behind this campaign uh, is amazing, and I'm a permanent fan. Thank you for sharing the fun you and your friends are having playing D and D. Brandon, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to. to write such a kind and thoughtful message. Uh, it really brings life into my joyless existence. That is really nice. That's great. No, that was a beautiful note. I'm glad I'm 
I'm very happy that uh, people find us and I don't know. That's it's very sweet. I like it. I really enjoy that he enjoyed the first campaign as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it you know, right. like it's it's hard to like. At, I I think in in terms of like where we were in the first campaign uh, versus like it where we are now, like it's it's hard to see. You know, judge the story overall until it's complete. I think by like episode sixteen of the first campaign, I I honestly don't think that it had. Um, as much like it was still sort of being formed like the direction was still being determined sort of thing and I think that's that's I think that we're more or less kind of on the same pace with this one and I'm I'm really eager and curious to see what happens to the next few episodes that we record so uh, Brandon thank you so much for uh, the the kind uh, uh, words again Brandon you rock yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully the second season delivers. I'm, you know, working hard, and I have a great crew along, uh, along for the ride with me. Best key grip in the business. <laughs> and I hope you're also enjoying the uh, figure in four as well, because that's just straight up goofy nonsense. Okay, so let's do a quick recap of where we left off. So you had um, faced off against. A familiar group of dwarves and humans. You had you had met them in a tavern in uh, Stonegate, maybe a different version of Stonegate. Uh, anyways, they were there because you had killed a floating tentacled eyeball, and were taking the god's eye out of it. And they showed up, and they were all like, "Give it," and you guys were like, "Nah," and you killed most <laughs> of them, and then. Two new adversaries appeared. You quickly found out that these were the quiet. They were superbly martially equipped and trained. And uh, after an exciting, immaculately narrated chase scene. (laughs) Uh, Oh, that was so much fun. (laughs) That was a lot of fun. You find yourselves in the company of semi-secret group in a hideout underneath the streets of Stonegate, having taken some twists and turns through the sewers to get to a secret hidden door that leads you into sort of a set of catacombs that are lit with magical torches. So you've got some, some actual torches, some magical, but these are narrow stone corridors that you're led into. What you do happen to notice is that etched into the floors, ceilings, and walls, sporadic intervals along these, uh, through these catacomb tunnels, are various holy symbols and other sigils that you don't recognize. Now, I know that I kind of gave you a little bit of a sneak peek into who this group is uh, in between sessions, just because I wanted you to be a little bit, like, have a little bit of uh, a running start here. You were led in here by two hooded, masked figures who told you that you were essentially facing off against the quiet. Uh, they helped you escape, and now you're in their hideout. And um, what else? Oh, yeah. Uh, this is kind of like just sort of in a meta context. This is going to be a, a, uh, a session where 
I just like cards on the table. I don't want to spring any shocks on you or any surprises. Uh, so you like this will be an opportunity for you guys to seize the initiative, get some like background information potentially, um, and and come up with a plan of of whatever you want to do from here. So uh, I'm going to stop narrating, and you guys can tell me what it is that uh, that you want to do. Um, holy symbols. Are the sun and stars there? Is Thaddeus's holy symbol included in these? Like, what extent are we looking at? Good question. Uh, I'm just going to pull up my list. Yours is Greyhawk, right? Uh, I believe so. Oh, yeah, so. Tr- the Triskelion. Ooh. Yeah. Right. Okay, so this, the holy symbols... How how like what kind of religious um, is is a are all paladins proficient in religion or is Thaddeus? Uh, Thaddeus is neither proficient in religion nor has any bonuses. It is a zero. Hmm. So can I ask then, just as a as a character piece, like how? I mean, he's obviously he follows one god. How how attuned to the gods is he? Uh, I would say that, uh, much like myself, he has a base understanding of the religions of the world. Um, but if you were to be like, hey, what's the Norse god of Sunday? Hmm? I'd be like, I don't know, potato? But I know the big ones. Okay, uh, give me a religion check. Uh, 18. Wow. Okay, so you don't see your own symbol you don't see anything that you would call evil either uh what you do notice are and i'm going to mash up a whole bunch of uh different pantheons here because i can do that um they can (laughs) you do see uh symbols for various domains of magic knowledge and protection so pelor mistra ayun and helm are prevalent so is this something that, given my history of talismans, sigils, tattoos, and things, like, would I recognize any of these, given how much, um, like, my my versions of those are for protection? Ooh, interesting. I, I, I think you'd probably be able to name, like, um, I think Pelor is probably a very recognizable one. Maybe one or two of the others you you might not be familiar with, but uh, yeah, you'd probably would probably pick up on on some of them, and uh, and sort of quickly get the idea that okay, uh, this is maybe they're leaning towards the good side of of the pantheon, and complete absence of the uh, symbol that we've been plagued by since the very first. Yes, quite. Uh, you, you. If you're keeping your eye out for that, uh, it is nowhere to be found. Cool. Uh, I think that puts Thaddeus at a bit more of ease, finding a lot of protective thing, protective iconography, and nothing related to the problematic situations that they've come up against recently. Okay, so I guess once you're far enough into the catacombs, your two guides would uh, would stop you, and and the, you know you're getting towards another protected, like 
heavy-duty door, uh, and they'll they'll stop and they'll say, "Oh, I guess we should introduce ourselves, huh?" I'm I'm Perrin. This is Volna. Um, they sort of take off their cloaks and their their masks. A couple of a uh, couple of elves, and they they look back and they say, "Trust your trust. You're not injured." Thaddeus is bleeding from several places. He <laughs> just looks at him. He's like. I've had worse. The blink dog that is Chai. Uh, Are you still in a, <laughs> Yeah, I'm still a goddamn I haven't dropped it. I'm still a blink dog. Just leaves a giant dump on the floor. Yeah, I just shit everywhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry. She's not, she's not <laughs> she's half not broken. <laughs> no, I think, like, so I'm, I look injured as the blink dog. Was I, I think I was handed some, some nice healing. Uh, I definitely topped you up at one point. Yeah, I think you were. I think you were doing all right. Because I don't have any ability to top up myself. So. <laughs> all right. So they say. We've, sort of heard that somebody was in in town, with God's eye. Obviously, everybody's looking for it. I don't know if you've heard of the arcane acolytes, but that's who we are. We can offer you safe haven. Our leader, Baravan may ask for some kind of give and take. But know that you're safe here. I have a question. Do they appear to just be normal, full elves? Or are they, like, anything weird and wonderful? Um, Perrin is, uh, is a wood elf. Velna looks like a high elf. So nothing too crazy. Now, Thaddeus is, like, kind of taken in this situation. Sees a wood elf and a high elf working together. Any, uh, you know, sparks? Some tension? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, like, between them? Oh, yeah, yeah. You trying to make this into a rom-com? Yeah, like, with, like, sexual tension? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, roll roll an insight. Good, I have plus four. (laughs) Oh, I rolled a two. (laughs) You just overtly ask, yo, you boning? (laughs) No, no, I'm trying to use my insight. I'm trying to deduce this. Oh. All right, you haven't spent you haven't spent enough time uh, among them to, to sort of pick up on any cues like that. Perrin seems very friendly. Valna is uh, is quiet. So uh, Thaddeus leans over to Gutterbird and just goes, Perrin totally wants that Valna. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and just kind of keeps walking. Oh my God. <laughs> And I just look at uh, Chai and like shrug, like what? <laughs> and I just kind of went. I just as the dog go, oh. like, like, like as if a dog could shrug its shoulders. That's what it's like. Oh. I think it's he's talking like, to you. Yeah. <laughs> one of those head tilts that dogs make when they hear a sound. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> Velna pounds on this iron door and like whispers something to somebody on the other side. It opens up, and you Can I understand? Hmm? Can I understand what they said? Like, was it Elvish? Uh, yeah, uh... Yeah, I guess you still I comprehend mind, languages. I, I still comprehend as my person. I just can't do the physical abilities. Uh, I mean, it was kind of indistinguishable, but, you, you like, it sounded like Elvish to you. Yeah. So you're ushered into... What looks to be like the like a subterranean temple, like it's actually quite nicer than like catacomb floors. It's still not like opulent, 
but it's it's actually quite comfortable inside once you're in there. Perrin sort of ushers you to a place where they have like some wine uh, wine casks, uh, water, s- some food. There's like a nice area to to sort of sit, and they say you can you can collect your thoughts here. Uh, it's sort of like in this nice cozy little alcove that's out of the way, and they say. We're going to go talk to Berevin, and when you're ready, we'll take you to see him. Because uh, you'll probably want to talk to you about what's happening. Do you want to ask these guys any questions before they go? Are we talking like it looks kind of like the... Are we in a prison cell? Like the, the, but comfy? The rave cave in the Matrix? Is that the yeah. kind of like vibe we've got going on? Or like Helm's Deep kind of underground, built into the side of a mountain but still homely kind of vibe? You might think that you're actually like un- underneath a full-on temple somewhere. Um, it's it's like full-on like masonry. It's not like repurposed cavern or anything like that. It is, yeah, it is constructed. It's not, does not have a prison vibe anywhere. Like you see others dressed similarly to uh, parent and Volna, like kind of walking to and fro. It's not super crowded, and you do see others that are uh, have more of like a scholar type vibe to them, and they're not overtly armed, and they're you know going about their business. In this like food alcove area, is there like a Schwet and Schwarma Express? <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a Schwet and Schwarma. Yeah, um, to go. To go. Down. Yeah. <laughs> so Thaddeus feels at home immediately, but he turns uh, and speaks to. Pern? Uh, Perrin. Perrin. Damn it. Um, speaks to Perrin and says, Y'all got a sweat and shawarma to go. I don't know what give and take we could possibly provide, but I am intrigued to barter for that. And he just jogs <laughs> over to the sweat and shawarma. Uh, the sweat and shawarma. Yeah, their, their franchise agreement is very favorable. It's very reasonable. It's <laughs> the sweat and shawarma express. Yeah, it it really like aside from like the food is great, but the only objection that you have is like the smell of the shawarma really clashes with like the patchouli incense of the temple. I was going to say the incense <laughs> from that. <laughs> well, so I feel like because they're very, they're some of the few magically inclined individuals, it's one of those things where it's kind of like walking into a place where the aroma hits you, but it's there's no door. It's just you cross a threshold and all of a sudden it's sweat and shawarma, but when you cross the threshold mm. back, it's just patchouli. Yeah, like where, uh, where like a river meets the ocean and like somewhere it... It is no longer salt water. Yeah, yeah. You get past the brackish, and it's just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I think I think I'm just gonna keep staying as a blank dog for a little bit. Like I think I I mean I think we all have a lot of questions, but I think it's more of like we probably want to talk to uh, Berevin and and uh, Perrin and Volna together. Like we I think we yeah. want like a group chat rather than. Yeah. At least that's what that's what Chai's feeling. So she's gonna wait till she's talking to them, because so, she's she's also still pretty distrust. Like she's she's giving them a certain amount of trust, but like a lot of shit has happened recently. So there's a certain amount of I'm going to stay in my protective form for a little longer. She's cautiously optimistic. Yeah. 
Like, I'm not overtly, like, growling at them, but I'm, like, I'm doing that dog thing where I'm kind of just, like, squinting and, like, maybe getting a little lower than normal. Uh, this will count as a short rest, obviously. I was about to ask. (laughs) Perrin and Valna will leave you alone. You can tell me now if there's anything that you want to clarify before we go into the the group discussion. I know you had mentioned that, like, we know a little bit about this group, but do we get the sense that, like, uh, they are, like, how do I word what I'm trying to say? Like, from a, a magic standpoint uh, and things like that, do we, are they, I'm assuming to the public they'd be viewed as kind of radical, um, but from a, a Ladrin side of things, like, would I be in support of the work they are doing, like, to, to restore balance? Like, I think I'd asked him how they would view me prior, but, like, how would I possibly view, based on, like, what information I would have available? Okay, so, yeah, so I'll have to just recap a little bit about the Arcane Acolytes. Um, so they are, you do you do have this understanding of them. They are a group in Stonegate, and they may have other arms elsewhere, but they they are opposed to um, the consolidation of magical power. The fact that magical knowledge, like how to craft things, and the owning of magical artifacts and items being almost exclusively the realm of the nobility and the lords, uh, they are very much opposed to that. So they think that it's it's dangerous to consolidate power that way they look to the the history of of the the old king who had the whole realm united and his kingdom was obliterated in some kind of weird magical catastrophe it's king vilsan of course uh so they look at that as sort of like the lesson to learn from from history is like you don't put it all in one place and so chai if your view of the world is like it's too dangerous for the commoners to have, you might be at odds with their philosophy. I think for the most part, like my, it's, I think. But the catch 22, sorry, the catch 22, I guess for you, it's like you come from a place where basically everybody has access to magic of some degree or another. And the Feywild is not tearing itself apart. So you can, I, I would imagine that you can kind of see their point at least somewhat. Yes, and I think it's going to be this this kind of, like, in Chai's mind, it'll be this, like, I I fundamentally agree. Because, yeah, like, everything, everyone has access to magic where I'm from, basically. Everything is magic um, in some way or another. And I, I think that Chai's in agreement that what has been proven on this plane to not work is the power hoarding of magic. I think that that is, like, she's in agreement that that has not worked. So she is aligned with that. But it's the the fact that the I was wondering more so like would they be in agreement with the Eladrin coming and taking magic away like if we come and take God's Eye and like destroy it or like take it back to the Feywild like that kind of role that the Eladrin have filled would they be in agreement with that or would they have like resisted us in the past kind of thing like while we're achieving the goal of not giving it to the, no- the nobles we're also taking it away as an option for the commoners. Yeah, so they would probably, you would know, okay, so roll me roll me a quick history check, and this will just sort of inform me as to how much, uh, how much you actually 20. know. Ooh, okay. 
And then I don't actually think I have that good of a history check. No, it's a plus zero, so nat 20. <laughs> okay, yeah. So um, in in the past, you know that some groups have, like were definitely against the uh, appropriating of dangerous magical artifacts, uh, which happened not long ago. Uh, this would be one of those groups because while it is taking, you know, magical power out of the hands of the lords, they're not... Okay, so it's, it's a little bit of a tricky situation because they're not, like, saying that uh, they don't really want, like, destructive weapons to be in the hands of every farmer. But... Um, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't towards like accomplishing. Like they, they can. They think that magic has this ability to, you know, uplift a society to advance it. And the more that the knowledge about that is is guarded, that you know, the the more harmful and regressive it is to a society. So I guess they they in principle they wouldn't have been like opposed to the destructive weapons being gone they would have probably liked that those things to be like a repurposed kevin any uh, anything that what's what's gutterberg going to do in this uh, sort of quiet quiet moments mhm i think um that's a good question is there any so we're in sort of like a, is it kind of like a waiting area almost like kind of like a green room or yeah like, like a lounge sort of a lounge okay so were there are there any like any books or any bits of info around that I might be able to to learn anything more? Do they have sort of like a, you know, any pamphlets? Um, or is it kind of, <laughs> you know, I'm, but more, more seriously, like, do they have, is there any like literature or, you know, not about them necessarily, but sort of just any collection of, uh, of information that we might be able to get an idea of their alignments or their, um, you know the, the the overall purpose of what they're what they're hoping to uh, to accomplish. I mean, we we have a really good idea, but I mean, like, is there anything where we might be able to just, um, you know, where this come from, where this comes from? It'd be really handy if there was like a like a loudspeaker that just like every ten minutes would be like the arcane acolytes. Thank you for adhering to their three <laughs> codes of conduct. Absolutely. Yeah, is, is, that's exactly is that? what I'm referring to. Could you? Okay, so you can either. Uh, make a religion check or or a history check or you could flag down uh, one of the people who's walking around that looks like maybe they're less of a fighty type and more of a reedy type yeah let's talk to a reedy okay so the next reedy type that uh, that walks by is a half orc you uh, you wave comes over and uh, he's just wearing some simple robes. He's got uh, got a tome under one arm. He's got some uh, spectacles. He's like, "Yes, I am. I am Morg." Yeah, I was wondering, like, uh, how how did you get involved with the arcane acolytes? Is there, you know, is there sort of a higher uh, higher calling? Is it just something that that you know, you more of an ideological? You sought them out. Like, how, how does this all how did this all come to be? Well, the selection process is very careful. We have to make sure that we're recruiting the right people with the right attitudes towards magic. It's uh, it's not a toy, and uh, yes, those those who want to see it used more widely but responsibly, and not in the hands of the Lord. So everyone who joins up 
has to be willing to accept the life of an outcast, more or less, because the lords are aware that, um, well, you know, the, the more uh, aggressive members of our organization, uh, they will try to reclaim magical substances and the knowledge um, that goes along with, with manipulating them. So we are all, in a sense, uh, on the wrong side of, of the law. So there is a sort of a degree of uh, outlaw, obviously, but even even persecution. There, there. So he would say that the group is not like visible enough, really, to be per- like they can they can just change. They can they can be out in normal society, and nobody would know that they're part of this group. So they're very they're very much um, you know underground. Uh, it's just a matter of keeping keeping their membership a secret. And so, how would you know? Uh, outside of this um, uh, I guess hideout like how how do how do members of this group identify each other oh you know various subtle hand gestures um, you know street thieves have a, a type of language that they use that is, is basically unintelligible or in, indistinct um, so we have our own system of, of uh, markings that we can use it's Various various ways of communicating without words, or sometimes with words, but just in code. It can be very fun. And uh, what are you what are you studying at the moment? Well, um, I'm just reading up on some history. Just heard that some some god's eye uh, came down not long ago, and probably you know how these things happen. It's never just one. So I'm um, just trying to see if we can't uh, glean when the next one might come down. Um, I might, I might hold some kind of uh, ceremony, a ritual, to see if I can get some answers from the heavens. Sometimes the gods will speak to us in ways, and we just have to listen. So, uh, just just to sort of hang hang a lantern on that, some some members of this group can cast divination magic, like um, hang on. Commune? Is commune the one where it's like you get several yes or no answers? Yeah. Yes, no, or I not, or like not sure. It is interesting though the way that he presented that. It makes it seem like only one god's eye has fallen. I don't want to get spell specific, but uh, let's just say for the time being, yes, it's something like commune. Um, so that is a potential resource that you'd uh, that you might have available uh, if. I mean, if I guess you can convince somebody to help you with it or do it for you, I, I suppose, is the uh, better way of saying it. Um, and could, um, Kevin, because you're sort of taking an eye on um, of the uh, symbols here, could you make either a religion or a history check? So sorry, it was religion or history. So I'm going to do religion, please. Uh, nine. Okay, I was just seeing if you picked up any sort of trend or pattern with these uh, symbols, but um, yeah, you're not quite sure what to make of them, uh, like their function just yet. Uh, anyone else? Uh, a like religion check, or are we still asking questions of people? Um, I guess either one. Are there any different symbols uh, that I might recognize? 
fave shit or anything weird and wonderful. I also am fluent in five languages, so if there's any text hanging around. Yeah, you can make, uh, I guess, Sarah and Matt, you're, you're welcome to make a history and or religion check uh, to get a little bit more information out of the, uh, the symbols and the carvings. Ooh, I stare at my own paws. Hmm. With a nat one. A historical 17, sir. Ooh, okay. You pick up on sort of a trend here of, as I said, knowledge, magic, and protection. So you think that by the, like, the relations here that these aren't ornamental, but that they serve some kind of function. And uh, you think that these are sort of like protective runes. Kind of like warding stuff and anti-scry and... Yeah, you'd think that um, you don't know all the functions, but the most prevalent one would be, uh, to, yeah, something like to, to block magical spying. Yeah. Uh, any other questions for Morg the Orc or anyone else uh, before, or did you have any, any desire to talk amongst yourselves to formulate a plan before you uh, uh, speak with Berevin? Thaddeus is going to offer Gutterbird some sweat and shawarma uh, and look down at <laughs> try the blink dog and be like y'all want some too? <laughs> and kind of like it because they're like wrapped in a foil like paper so it almost looks like a shiny stick so he's just okay. kind of like mm? Mm? Uh, and I'm kind of trying to call a team meeting over snacks with the idea of once the group's together and sitting down eating, Thaddeus just kind of is like, should we have an idea of what we want to talk about and ask and have a united set of questions? I'm going to like, I guess Scooby do this and I'm going to like look out, like I'm assuming we're tucked into a corner. I'm going to like look around and make sure there's no one like super listening and I'm gonna I'll drop the blink dog and I'll uh, basically like yes I've been uh, formulating a list of things I want to cover there's quite a bit actually uh, quick summary of events uh, you know like have you noticed any crazy time shifts what's the deal with that I'm gathering from what he, the orc just told us that there's likely they only think one has fallen which is also scary and bad. Do you know where their, like, area of operation, their base is? Uh, any info on the Grey Eladrin? Uh, any details on the quiet you could share? What, what interesting magic items uh, do you have in your possession and or could you use this god's eye to make us? So, what is that, like, four questions from Chai and one from Sarah? <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean yes, but no. I actually, what I'm interested in is whether they can turn this God's Eye into something yeah. that will either find God's Eye or destroy God's Eye. Because I don't need to hoard it. I don't want to hoard it. I just don't want. Yeah, you this. want a, you want a dousing rod and or a yeah crucible chamber. Yeah. Um, that so. That was my quick that, summary of list that I was pondering. That. That's a pretty good one. Uh, and he, Thaddeus, as he's saying this, kind of looks over at Gutterbird and says, 
I'm kind of concerned with what you told us about what Eldon was saying about summoning and releasing some type of master. I want to know about the symbol, connection to God's eye being used for release or summoning, mm-hmm. and whether or not that's going to be some type of abomination horror business. Or yeah, if they know if anything about this master, that would be great, greatly beneficial. Or if we've got ourselves a different devil to deal with. That isn't necessarily no 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 offense, Gutterbird. No offense on that one. Look, he's not a he's not a devil, and he doesn't seem to really like the guy who's putting. Him no one, no. He just it's just a thing. He might be shy about the fact he vomits devils. I didn't want it to become a thing, but now I've made it a thing. So anyway, well, let's just carry on. It sounds like a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think we play it a little tight to the chest right now. I think we ask them. I think we point out what's happened in this town, like with the time switch, and like we ask them if that's a thing that just happens here. Like, obviously, there's been some shit that's happened that was Eldon's doing, but there's. How much of that is normal is what I would also like to find out. What? But I, I don't want to mention too much about the other ones falling just yet, but they also probably know. The last thing I think we need to talk about as a group and confirm as a group is they talk about, they mention give and take. Yes. What what, do they want? what is the max end of our price? What? Like, if, if we ask questions, we get answers, we get answers, and then they go, well, if you want the answers to that, you gotta go kill somebody for us. We're gonna be like, we'll pump the brakes. Or are we going to be like, who's this person? I think we need... Like, I, w- I want to know what what is our break point for that deal. We know very little about how they operate. Like, we know their intentions. Like, yeah, we're all familiar with the group. It's probably not going to be higher but murder, but... I think, <laughs> I think... I think we'd have to discuss this, depending on what they're trying to do. Um, I... I'm not leaving the God's Eye here with them. Oh. That is a... Hell no. That is a hard line for me. They can turn it into something and destroy it. I will allow them to do that, but I'm not leaving it in their possession. What if they need time to do that, though? Do we camp out here for days? I don't, for think, I don't think we have time for that, but then that would be the give and take yeah, situation that's... that we discuss. I think... Um, I think we also need to have an assessment on what is feasible for just the three of us to accomplish. This seems... We've been on top of... Till now. And chat looks very defeated at that. At containing the god's eye. But if these new Eladrin are popping up... It's a force we're not familiar with. There's obviously something else going on. They have ability to find them independent of our attempts to not to keep scrying eyes and location spells away. They have something through to get through that that we are not suited for yet. So we need either their help. We do also have the option. We are very close to an entrance into the Feywild. And we could go for backup there. But all of this is time that we don't know how much we have. That is just shrugs. If that's 
if, if that's a satisfactory groundwork for your um, for your approach and sort of what you want to cover, we can go right into the group chat with uh, with Berevan. And I guess you said you wanted the other two in there as well. I was just going to ask, like, because they witnessed what happened. I figured it would be helpful for them to to voice about, like, oh yeah, that guy was that guy from the quiet or. What I figured it might be helpful. They might have insight. That's a fucking Dick. Steve. Uh, so time passes. You get a short rest. You have your fill of shawarma and uh, tabbouleh if you're so inclined. Oh, always. Um, Pirin and Velna will come back and they will take you to, um, you know, through through some additional uh, catacomb tunnels uh, to a. Another reinforced door. This is a a study slash workshop. Um, it is somewhat cramped with one, two, three, four, five, six people in it. Um, but you see, in this uh, in this, it's it's not dimly lit, but there's like a haze in the room that is the re- like the the byproduct of of some kind of reaction. That's happening. There's there's some alchemists' tools on a desk to your right. There's a there's a, a brazier that is in the far corner, just sort of desks through throughout this room. It's 50, 50 feet long, thirty feet wide, but it's just like this maze of tables. And once you come in, you see that there is uh, an Aladrin wearing sort of like this light uh, off white. Uh, clothes that have all sorts of like splotches of like stains of different uh, powders and substances on them Um, he has he's bent over table as you come in and you notice that he's missing two fingers on his left hand do I recognize him how well does Chai know the lower courts she'd probably be pretty familiar with anything related to the the courts at all okay like everyday life no like if this guy was just like a blacksmith in in like the town she was in no but if it had anything to do with the the courts she'd probably know because her goal was to basically be useful so she would go out of her Mm. way to know the structure and like where she could fit in and like that was what she was trying to prove she could do okay um roll me a oh geez let's say this is weird it's just like your memory um, just, yeah, maybe a, a history check, because, like, it's the his- personal history Personal check. history check, yeah, exactly. Oh, six. Mm. Uh, he, he's vaguely familiar. Uh, you think that he, he hasn't been in the Feywild for some time. But you could peg him as a member of the lower courts. Or a f- maybe a former member. Interesting, okay. Uh, so he, he sort of puts down what he's working on when you come in. He's like, ah, yes, uh, I've been expecting you. Word, word about you travels quickly. I feel like I've heard of you even before hearing of you, you know? Morg told me that some gods were, who knows if it's a god, somebody was mentioning the arrival of a group of three. And here you are. But still, I have this feeling that I've seen you before, but there's a lot of that going around now, isn't there? Things are not right, are they? People forgetting things that they should know, recognizing people they've never met. 
meeting people they thought were dead. Uh, there's something happening just outside of view, something which refuses to come into the light, and the harder you look, the further into the shadow it retreats. Well, aren't you just a cryptic fellow? Quite the contrary. I am in the dark, and I was, I was hoping that maybe you could shed some light. There is something odd happening. I don't know what it is, but I th- have a feeling that maybe you do. Have you noticed any oddities of time? I know one day flows equally into the next, but things maybe are rearranged somehow, sometimes. It's been very, re- uh, it's been very recent that things have started just to feel off. And the gods won't tell us specifically what is happening. They, they are content only to give us clues, sometimes, mostly silence. When you say rearranging and recent, do you mean within the past day and a half you've seen maybe, I don't know, eyes appear on structures, uh, weird colors of skies, maybe uh, certain individuals whose heads have been chopped off become reattached but still have scar tissue somehow from the wound? That sort of thing. He he looks at you. With, he's, his eyes are just completely wide open when you're describing these things. He's like, well, okay. So he would say that he knows that the sky is still red. And that is probably because there's another starfall that will happen before too long. Nobody can say exactly when, but it, it'll happen. Uh, in terms of recent, he has started to experience these weird things. Um, he would say... I mean, just as the DM, I don't know how many days have passed since episode one, but about that many days. Oh, okay. So when you mean recent, you mean like within the past two weeks. Gotcha. Thereabouts, yeah, exactly. Here's what I can bring to the table as far as information. I'm expecting to be met part of the way, hopefully, with some information that I don't have. And I'd really, really appreciate it if you did have some information that I don't have. Number one. Apparently, the three of us have died. That was around the time that things went sideways as far as time-relative business. Thing the second. Uh, if you... Actually, no. This is... This is I'm changing gear completely. I don't even want to talk about that anymore. I want to know something else. My friend here, we met some gray ladrin that seemed to think he used to live with them. Do you know anything about that? He shrugs his why would uh, I I don't I don't know your friend. I've heard of these gray ladrin, but I I I don't know about a human living with them. I was more just wondering about, like, if you had information on these grayish individuals, but I guess not. That's fine. Back to the point that I was making earlier. Shit's gone crazy. You're aware of it. We're aware of it. I don't know how to remedy time. I don't know how to make a timeline go back to the order it's supposed to be in. I've read books out of order, 
It's confusing as hell. Makes sense as to why I don't know what's really going on here. But I think that balance is thrown out of whack. And if you have any information on or any gods you can speak to regarding balance, that might be your best place to look. He says, I wish that I knew what exactly was happening. It's frightening not to know. It sounds like you know more than you're saying, and I respect that you want to keep what you're divulging limited because you don't know me. Uh, And I don't blame you for not trusting me. He says, I heard heard you ran into the quiet, uh, and Perrin and Valna helped you make a hasty exit. Is that the first time you've faced them? We've heard about them, but that was our first encounter with them directly. How prevalent have they been in this area? Have you had many run-ins with them? Not many. Thankfully, we are safe here. They they are drawn to the god's eye the way that a a hound is drawn to, I don't know, hound food, I guess? They are, they are connected to it somehow. Uh, they are, I'm sure you saw, a very well-trained group. We don't really know how many there are. Do you know where their base is? They reside in the Black Tree Mountains in the northwest. I think that's northwest. I haven't looked at the map in quite some time. Uh, but yeah, the Black Tree Mountains is where they reside. Some historians have posited that they were something else once upon a time, a military society that has somehow been warped by extended exposure to unstable magic, and now they're drawn to it. They seek it for some inexplicable reason, but our sigils here protect us from their senses. Excellent. Well, good, the protection side. Perrin says, Black Sword showed up. And he turns to you and says, we don't really have names for them. We just sort of know some of them that they, what they look like. The Black Sword is, he's a mean one. You had run-ins with him directly before? Haven't fought him. But have seen some of them at work. And they are a fearsome opponent. Inscrutable. Dangerous. And mortal weapons don't harm them the way that they harm you or I. Uh, magical weapons uh, hit harder, of course. And so if you if you run into them again, I mean, that bit of information might help you. Now, um, we understand that you have God's Eye. And you recovered it from this bizarre creature. And we don't want to take it from you. I'm not going to strong-arm you, and I don't know if I could if I tried. You couldn't. (laughs) Fair enough. He slowly takes one cork off the warning star. (laughs) No, just says you couldn't. (laughs) The goal, the intention of the Acolytes is to make, make it so that magic is a benevolent force in society and not simply the domain of the powerful. To that end, I know that more Starfall is going to arrive. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen if I will suddenly forget who you are. What I would offer to you is this, is that I can make something of it for you. 
and our clerics here can be of service to you in various ways. Uh, and even our members like Perrin and Valna could help you out occasionally. In return, if you do obtain more, uh, I would ask that we split it and I would do with my half what I will and then I can do whatever with with the remaining substance uh, that you would require if you want me to, to craft it into something. But to share this power. So just to clarify, is he asking to split the one we currently have or split what we find next? He more meant like the next one that you find, but I mean, it's really up to you. It, it sounds to me like he wants a finder's fee for showing us where to go get more. I mean, he might not even remember this deal tomorrow. Um, he he says yes. That's a that's a very good point. So I'm going to um, <laughs> write it. Down. I'm going to write this letter. <laughs> and listen, if we forget each other, I want you to show this to me. And he scribbles down like this very specific message on parchment paper. It's not like anything deep or or encoded or anything like that. It's just it has like a few buzzwords that you think might be like very specific to him. Um, and th- then he hands it to to you, Chai, and he's like, I feel like I know you from somewhere. And I know that I said that already. Baravin, I have one last question for you. When you say do with it what you will, what would you do with it? Some of what we would do with it would be to make equipment for our organization so that we can be better equipped to elude, capture, fight opponents like the Quiet and these Grey Eladrin if the need should arise. But we also want to, you know, not... I don't want to be a hypocrite and just have it go strictly towards my, my people. So I would create potions and tinctures that, uh, that would help some groups around Stonegate that need assistance. You know, healing salves, things to make growing crops, you know, more efficient. Exactly what people need. They need magic to make life less miserable. Do I get the sense that he's telling the truth? Yeah, I want to... All right, everyone's, everyone's welcome to, uh, to roll an insight. Uh, a dirty 20. Before you answer, Tim, I have one last question I want to know about this Aladrin specifically. What season is he in mm. oh good question is he rocking some autumnal colors uh sarah give me a quick rundown of the four seasons again like which what, what means what i was like they're the four seasons Tim. no no not, not like what they are <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, well, well i was about to say it's a very highly rated hotel chain <laughs> yeah exactly um like what they're like the the moods the moods are you mean yeah the moods I know winter is a sorrowful one. Uh, autumn is a season of peace and goodwill when summer's harvest is shared with all. So, like, pretty happy. They have, like, specific personality traits for each season, but I'm not going to go into that. So, winter is a season of contemplation and dollar. Uh, vibrant energy um, as the world slumbers. Spring is a season of cheerfulness and celebration. Summer is a season for boldness and aggression. Hmm. I think he's, I th- he's kind of dour. You know, he 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 mm. takes himself very seriously, so I'm going to say he's a winter. And he still says, like, he looks at you again, Chai, he's like, have we met before? 
I'm just going to ask him. I was like, I guess that would depend on how much time you spent in the court of the Feywild. Uh, the Eladrin court in the Feywild. He says, the Eladrin court. Have you come to take me back? Does that ring any bells? Like, does that, like any notable, like, runaways trigger any memories? Well, you're, you're still pretty young, right? Yeah, like I'm still, like, like under 20 still. I don't think it would trigger anything in your memory, but he would say, I left, I left 10 years ago. I've been here ever since. And the courts, the Saffrons knew what my views on hoarding magic were, and they were none too pleased. So I'm slightly alarmed that there is now a, someone connected to the courts in my workshop, in my hidden sanctuary I mean I'm not here for you I don't even know what your real name is like I'm like I, you could be going under a variety of aliases I have no idea who you are okay he'll he'll let that rest uh, and then he'll sort of ask you know I don't I don't expect you to make a decision about my proposition now if you need to rest does anyone have a response for him at the moment, or any questions? Any other questions? I was going to ask what he could make it into. He said he could do stuff with it, but I don't know what his options are. Okay, so, all right. Best-selling items. When, <laughs> when you ask him, like, he immediately perks up. He's like, oh, okay, he really wants to talk shop. He says, okay, so crafting requires a number of things. Obviously, the knowledge, but just breaking it down into basic components. Uh, I need a set of silvered tools. I need a piece of God's eye. I need an object that is to bear the, the magic that is going to be sort of um, manipulated. So whether it's a piece of armor, a helmet, gauntlets, boots, sword, what have you. And then some kind of material to inform the god's eye as to what to do. Now, I can... My hand also acts as a guiding force, but if you were to have, let's say, oh, I don't know, the saliva from a, a red dragon, just let's say, that might imbue a, a, a weapon with with um, the ability to do fire damage, or it might imbue armor with the ability to withstand fire damage. So some kind of material that gives f f uh, function to the magic. How many things could we craft out of one chunk of God's eye? Ooh, very good question. Luckily, I have a chart. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the item. Um, and it depends on the power. So the most complex would be to imbue an object with a permanent power that's always on. So like a, uh, just in game terms, like uh, a plus one or a plus two weapon or armor, stuff like that. Like an ability that's permanent, that's the most, um, that's sort of like top tier. Um, if you have, if you're imbuing an item with sporadic power that, that does something only under specific circumstances, like 
extra damage on a crit or does something else neat on a crit or has like a once a day power um, or a certain number of finite charges. He can break it, break down the components into like a spell scroll and like more or less, more or fewer scrolls depending on the power of the spell that is being sort of uh, contained within it. Continuing down the list, potions. Obviously, the more basic potions you can create more of. If you want like some really crazy ass potion, you know, probably only a few, maybe even one, depending on what it is. And then continuing on down, single use things like enhanced like arrows, single use ammunition can do like a bunch with one with one God's eye shard. I think I'm. I think we've answered all the questions. This is Sarah speaking. I think he's answered about the time shifts. He thinks only one has fallen. They don't know where the bait. Oh, did you ask them about Elden and the master stuff? Didn't. I figured that'll be for a secondary conversation. Okay. All right. I think I. I think I just need to sit and think because he said some stuff that like. I kind of want to talk with just my companions about. All right, and he says, um, "All right, we have we have a room. It's nothing very fancy, but it is warm and comfortable and safe. And uh, just as a token of of goodwill, uh, he hands you one healing potion. And he says, "You may need this before long. I I I guess based on based on what you were into when we found you." And he uh, he has uh, Perrin show you to your your quarters, which is like one one room, a couple of cots uh, in there, you know, nothing fancy. And he uh, and that is where we can say that you'll take a long rest, a long, well-deserved rest, and that is where we'll stop for tonight.